2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member
1: FDSE.
0: For Odyssey. So Scott, welcome into Behind Enemy Lines. But I guess for this game especially, it's hard to consider the Raiders and the Colts enemies because when you look at the preseason thoughts and you look at so far the the brutal eight, nine weeks of the season so far, the Colts and the Raiders are, are way too similar and definitely not in any good way for sure.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we we talked about when we did in the preseason kind of our overview of what we thought the Raiders would do this season. This is one of those games that we looked at as, as that was going to be a tough one, right? That was going to be a tough one, even though it's at home for the Raiders, looking at that supposed great Colts offensive line, uh, having Matt Ryan there and thinking, well, Matt Ryan will refine that rhythm and all that jazz that he had down in Atlanta. And so it looked like on paper it was going to be uh, the battle between two playoff bound teams. And clearly as they meet up, uh, they have a the Colts have a coach that hasn't coached above high school and the Raiders uh, have almost nobody on the roster as they put two of their biggest players on IR uh, on, on Thursday. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's a game of attrition as you guys know in the NFL. And so we'll have to see uh, which team on Sunday is able to get through their specific challenges and win the game.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think I know the answer to this one, but uh, there's been a lot of baffling responses here locally uh, to what's going on out there in Vegas. What's the view of, of the circus that, that that's gone on this week in Indy?
2: Well, it's interesting. So, so I, th- I think it's pretty similar to what you guys have seen uh, nationally. Um, I, I think in my, I'll just give you my opinion too. I talked about it on our show uh, for this morning, talking about how. I don't understand. Look, I, I get it. You know, it, As a Colts fan, I would be concerned. But at the same time, some of the outrage, people seem to be outraged that he has no experience. And then other people are outraged at the hiring process. And there's a, obviously a racial tinge there as well with the Rudy rule and all that stuff. Um, and I kind of like, you know, who would want the job right now? Unless you were already an assistant on the team uh, and, and all of that. And will you have the ability to turn things around and get the job permanently. I didn't know enough, and I don't think people know enough about it. I think the national media is too busy being outraged over one of those two things. Uh, and I loved Jeff's um, uh, diatribe, right, at the press conference. It was kind of interesting. It's like, hey, look, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to give it a try. So as you guys know, though, the NFL, is it's, it's, it's a small cluster of people. And when somebody who's not rightfully due that spot gets a chance, I think that upsets the apple cart.
0: And it makes Sunday's matchup so interesting, Scott, because on one hand, like you mentioned, the Colts right now are trotting out a head coach with zero experience. The guy in his press conference on Monday didn't even know, you know, anyone on the defense. It didn't meet with the defensive staff yet. Didn't have a, a play caller at that time on Monday. So you talk about just going in almost blind to a situation where you got to call and be a head coach of a team in five days. So that's you would think a disadvantage for the Colts. But on this other side too. This is a league of tendencies, right? This is a league where teams try to figure out what you do best and take it away. And there is zero clue what the Colts are going to do, how they're going to look. You have Parks, Frazier calling place for the first time. We obviously have no idea what Josh Saturday is as a head coach. Who has the advantage, I think, on Sunday? Is it the Colts because there's so much unknown? Or would you say it's still the Raiders because of all just the dismay and kind of circus-like atmosphere that George mentioned surrounding this Colts team this week?
2: It's a it's a great observation and question. because and, and they actually asked – uh, Josh McDaniels uh, about it yesterday at the at the weekly press conference, a Wednesday press conference, uh, and he laughed with a, kind of a nervous laugh. Uh, and you know, you watch enough coaches, you watch enough coaches, and you know when somebody laughs nervously, that you've kind of it, it's maybe I'm being too Freudian here, but you you definitely sense something is there. And I think you hit on it, which is you don't know what you're going to get, and the in the NFL where you have all of the tape all of the tendencies of all of the coaching and all the play calling when you have all that you you prepare for a game so that's a repeatable process right that's like doing laundry you know exactly what you got to do and what step and you just do it um now though you're dealing with exactly what you said is complete unknown somebody who's not called plays before with a head coach who doesn't to your point know the defense doesn't know what the game plan is until he walked in the door. So, so I I think it benefits the Colts because I just don't know that the Raiders who, by the way, are having significant, as you guys know, issues on defense so much so that they even released one of their former first round picks in Jonathan Abram at safety. uh, You know, they are not exactly a defensive juggernaut. So um, the Colts with the unknowns and the Raiders defense struggling, uh, certainly have an advantage. Now I know, Uh, The the Colts have some trouble up front. uh, And so the Raiders with Max Crosby and a very disappointing Chandler Jones might have a chance to disrupt the game by getting in there and and disrupting the game plan. But overall, yeah, I, I think the Colts have the advantage.
1: I wonder, you know, on the other side of, the, of that coin, obviously Gus Bradley was there last year. Was knows this offense, at least the guys that were there a year ago. He, he doesn't know everybody. Uh, there's been some significant changes, but they also know him. I mean, Derek Carr practiced against this scheme. I would imagine all summer last year, uh, he has to have a really good idea. I know uh, the way it works in this league. A lot of times, the quarterback goes to the defense coordinator during the year and talks about, you know, what tendencies am I showing and they work together. So, you know, how, who do you think has the advantage in in that instance?
2: Well, certainly anytime you have familiarity with a player and and Gus Bradley, having been there last year in Las Vegas, he knows um, Derek Carr's tendencies. He knows his strengths, his weaknesses. And so he's going to work to exploit them. So I think that benefits them, but also Derek Carr knows the defensive scheme, right? So even though it's a, a blue and white helmet instead of a silver and black one, uh, he knows what Gus Bradley likes to call. He's worked against it. He knows uh, the tendencies of the coach. So it, it's sort of a, uh, a, a two rams going uh, at one another with the horns out. Uh, and who will get the best of the other, we'll have to see. But certainly the familiarity there adds a really unique aspect to this. And you, you do see it in the NFL from time to time, clearly, with coaching trees and guys getting around and the same thing with players. Uh, but Derek Carr hasn't been playing well either. Uh, this season uh, compared to last season. So it adds a little de- definitely a little uh, intrigue to it uh, to see if Gus Bradley tries to tries to exploit what he knows and rattle car even more than he's been rattled so far this season.
0: Scott, we can't talk about this game any longer without talking about you know the, the the love lost between the Colts fans and Josh McDaniels. Obviously, facing him for the first time as head coach since he did spurn the Colts uh, a few years ago. And I think I speak for a lot of Colts fans when I say that there's no love lost or not anyone is really upset to see him right now struggling at two and six with the Raiders. So, with a team that had a lot of talent as a playoff team last year and so far is just severely underperforming, what have you seen from Josh McDaniels? How much blame do you think he deserves right now if there's two and six starting? Again, there was questions about him coming off his Denver stint about a decade ago. How have you? How would you assess so far halfway through his first year in Vegas how he's doing? Um,
2: well, I, I would say that he's not doing well, and I don't know that it's all his fault. And I do know a lot of Raider fans who listen to our show – and contact me on social media. They really want to buy him plane tickets to Indianapolis because um, they know how much <laughs> you guys, how much you guys wanted him, and they they're they're feeling like they'd like to give them to you. But no, I I think listen, I think he's made plenty of mistakes, especially early in the season with what he was doing with the offense. And I think you saw after uh, their their loss to the Jaguars last week, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, both kind of called out that there was something going on there. And here's the reality of it is. I don't think it's a scheme issue. I don't think it's any of that. The locker room issues to me, based on what we've seen and what we've heard, has been really the fact that there doesn't seem to be, um, it doesn't seem to be clicking, right? So so the coaching staff, the players, they all seem to say the right things and be aligned heading up to game day, but then you get to game day, and I'll use the example of the first half of last week against the Jaguars. They go out to that 17-0 lead, the third one they've blown out this season, uh, and they do so, on the arm of Derek Carr and the hands of Devontae Adams, right? He has nine catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. And in the second half, uh, Josh McDaniels completely changes the game call and starts running the ball and doing and going away from Devontae Adams. So, so the players are like, what are you doing here? Like we're torching them with this. And, and Devontae Adams is going to always be double team. Doesn't matter. He's that good. Uh, and, and so why would you go away from what was working? And I think that's what even as an observer from the outside, we've seen is there's things that work and then they go away from them. There's been a lack of the ability here. And I think this has to be on coaching and, and of course the players have to execute on the field. There has been no cohesiveness. And what that has meant is the Raiders have not played full four quarters of football not even full four quarters of losing football or winning football. They just haven't been able to do it. They come out look great one half, look terrible one half. They look great in the first quarter, bad in the second quarter, great in the third quarter, and terrible in the fourth quarter. Like there's no, there's no consistency or rhyme or reason to it. And their offense, which had all of these weapons, has never seemed to fully get in sync for four quarters either. And so he's the offensive coordinator. He calls the plays. So you have to look towards him. Uh, but I can tell you this. I, there's no danger in my view. And Mark Davis, the owner, said this too. There's no danger Josh McDaniels is going to be fired. I know a lot of people are talking about it because they started off so poorly. It's not going to happen. The roster for the Raiders was much, much more hyped uh, as being better than it was. It just was. And then Dave Ziegler, who I think did a great job in the draft, did not do a great job in free agent signings overall. uh, And so that's hurt them too in the defense up the middle. So I think there's a lot of blame to go around. But, of course, the head coach and, of course, the head coach with his background is
1: going to get a lot of that heat, uh, you know, last one for me. But one thing that, that I'm interested in, you know, a year ago, obviously a lot of adversity for the Raiders, and they had the head coaching change, which is a completely different situation than the one here. But Rich Basachka comes in, and he really it seemed like the team rallied around him. Uh, and, and they were able to obviously become the first team with an interim head coach to go to the playoffs. The Colts right now are saying all the right things. You hear them talking about, you know, wanting to basically it's us against the world at this point that, uh, you know, everybody has written them off and and they're going to go and, and show everybody. What do you think was the key, though, last year to the Raiders being able to kind of put all the things that they were dealing with aside and, and, and have success with an interim head coach? You know, I, I think it
2: came down to a conscious decision uh, by those guys in the locker room to stay together to not lose focus as much as they could, clearly. And it came down to leadership. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I've i been critical of, at times uh, of Derek Carr, but he was an excellent leader last year. He really led that team, was a calm force, I think, throughout all of that. And then Rich Passaccia, I think, he listen, he was the, the special teams coach, right? The special teams coach is a lot of times the coach that everybody loves. Like there's never, he's not, I mean, yeah, he might yell at guys, but he's not your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, head coach. He's not going to get in your face all the time, all that kind of stuff. So I think those are the guys that, that are well-liked on most NFL rosters. And he's a good man, right? He's been doing it for a long time. And I think as a temporary leader, meaning coming in and being able to keep them together and stay on track with what they had planned to do for last season, despite all of this stuff, it worked really well. So I think if Jeff Saturday can go in there and keep everybody focused and keep them together, and get them to believe in one another. It's not even believing in him as a coach, right? I think that's what we learned from the Raiders. It was to a man they believed in one another, uh, and that's what got them through it. And they they got by the skin of their teeth. They won out towards the end of the year, and they were able to make the playoffs. So so I, I understand where Colts fans are with that because we heard from Raider fans last year the same thing. Oh, the season's over. Uh, but you never know. Uh, the power of a group of people, especially professional athletes, even those that – might have a deficiency in certain positions uh, to come together and do something good can happen. So I wouldn't give up on it, uh, but certainly it's not easy.
0: Two quick questions for me, Scott, as you wrap up here behind enemy lines. Number one is, we mentioned that the 2-6 and uh, slow start for the Raiders, like you said, especially Josh McDaniels getting a lot of heat so far. One thing we've been talking about here in Indy, especially this week, is the players potentially kind of tuning the coach out. This is even before Frank Clark was fired and kind of having his message go dull with kind of the same thing happening each and every week. You see right now with the Raiders, whether it's just losing games or, you know, you mentioned before they're blowing three different 17-point leads a season. Is there any concern from you seeing from players or even just kind of seeing the body language of Josh McDaniels that maybe they could start tuning him out if things don't turn around like pretty quickly?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. We've we've talked about it a lot. I think some fans seem to believe that it happened, but I don't see any indication yet that he's lost, quote-unquote, lost the locker room. Uh, Could it happen? Sure. I think that's where I say, you know, 95% chance there's no way he loses his job. But I always leave that 5% because if something like that happened, if things really went crazy and suddenly they're two and 12 um, and they lose a bunch of games in a row, who knows? But from what I've seen, no. And, 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 and even the beat reporters who have a little more inside access than I do seem to indicate that that has not happened and that there might be some frustration that things aren't working, but there is not any kind of wholesale mood around the fact that, Hey, we need to be rid of this guy, despite some of the rumors going around there. So we haven't seen that yet. If you do see that, uh, and i think this is the same with obviously with the Colts. if you do see that then you start to see teams that evident i mean it's evident that they've quit and you can kind of see them lolling gagging on the field and all that kind of stuff and we have not seen that with the raiders so far despite their challenges
0: and then finally scott to wrap up you mentioned before you know we on thursday we saw hunter renfro go on ir down waller go on ir what is this office going to look like this week
2: <laughs> uh, good question i think um it, it, I mean, heck, if it was me, I'm going to Devonta Adams as much as I can. It doesn't matter because he could beat double teams. he can do all sorts of things. But look for Foster Moreau, uh, the third year tight end out of LSU. he'll get you'll see a steady dose of him as well. And then at wide receiver, we'll have to see Matt Collins, who came over from the Dolphins as a free agent, was primarily a special teams player down there, has really done a great job. last week. he had a lot of penalties which were uncharacteristic of him, but he's been a godsend. The one thing the Raiders don't have on offense is the guy to take the top off the defense, somebody with speed that can get past him. So we'll have to see what they do at that third wide receiver spot uh, and at the slot spot with, uh, without Hunter Renfro there. But I think you're going to see that, and I think you're going to see a whole lot of Josh Jacobs again, right? Josh Jacobs had a great, great season thus far. Uh, his fifth-year option was not renewed or not selected this past offseason by the Raiders. So he's really motivated because it's a contract year for him. And he's just been great. Uh, Sands last week when the Jaguars were able to cut him down a little bit. But but I, I think you'll see
0: a lot of him come Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Well, Scott, really do appreciate you coming on behind enemy lines. Fingers crossed we get some sort of, of pulse offensively here. at least get an entertaining game. Thanks so much for, uh, for the few minutes here.
2: No, guys, always uh, uh, appreciate uh, helping out other podcasts here on the network. Uh, It'll be a good game, hopefully, and both teams find it and give us an entertaining Sunday.